Welcome to Breitbart News Daily. Thanks for being here. I uh, want to play our second hour, part of our second hour, the opening monologue, and then we'll play a little bit more just so you can uh, hear some of the wonderful phone calls that we receive on Breitbart News Daily. And this is about something that conservatives have been uh, critical the last 24 hours about Trump with. And uh, I, I see it, but I don't agree with it. Here it is. Trump and abortion. I don't think we need to make this as complicated as many people are making it. So he was on Meet the Press and talked about it for nine minutes. It's an hour-long interview, and they talked about it for nine minutes. Quick for the record, I am as pro-life as you can possibly get. I believe that abortion is a direct parallel to slavery. It's actually... Actually, the more you think about it, it's quite shocking how many perfect parallels there are to it. You don't, you don't know one for all of history ever made any moral defense of slavery. Think about that. All the great philosophers for thousands of years of slavery, they never made a moral defense of slavery because no one ever made any moral critiques of slavery. Think about that. Thousands of years, slavery has always existed everywhere, all peoples, and it, it was never questioned. <laughs> no, one, no one ever said, hmm, maybe we shouldn't do that. Thousands of years. No one ever said, maybe we shouldn't own other people. It was only Christians in England and America who ever put up a fight against slavery. And that's why the only, only writings in history to defend slavery come out of the American South. So a lot of, of uh, activists or whatever will point to the fact that only American, the American South ever put up a, a, a defense of slavery. And, the, and they're like, oh, therefore, America, like American slavery was uniquely bad or something like that. But no, the only reason that the American South put up a defense of slavery is because they were the only people who were ever confronted with an attack on slavery. Makes sense? So it, it doesn't mean that the people of the South invented slavery. They were just the first people to ever be pressed to defend it. But I bring this up because we look back on slavery today with moral disgust. The first people in history to ever do that. <laughs> first people ever to look at a thing that has existed forever and be like, that was wrong. And everyone agrees. Now, and I pray that one day we can look back on abortion with as much disgust as we do slavery. We, we'll look back on it and be as aghast, be as just dumbfounded. Like, what do you mean? You what? You owned human beings? What are you talking about? You owned them. You, you whipped them. You beat them. You, they worked in the fields all day long. What did you feed them? You, you, you did what? Like, like, just horror. There's horror when you read about slavery. And I pray that one day Americans will look back on us in 2023 and say, you did what? Are you, how much? 
Are you kidding me? Every like, like everyone went along with this. It's the same argument. It's unbelievable. The same. It's the the core. The core of it's the same argument between slavery and abortion. What's the core? What's the core argument between both? That's not a human being. That's it. It's the same thing. That black person's not a human being. That fetus is not a human being. It is less than, and I control it. And you can't tell me what to do. That's my property. I paid for that. I own that. It's my body. You can't tell me what to do with that thing. It's mine, not yours. No, we can't tell you because it's a human. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have a right to privacy. You have no right to tell me how to run my plantation. Get out of here. This is my business, not yours. No, we're not going to let you do it anymore. Oh, you know what? You know what we should do? We need to let the states decide. This is a state's rights issue. Let's let, we'll let, we'll let some, we'll have some slave states. And if you want to do your thing, you have some, you, you have your free states. Okay. But we're all, we're not, by the way, we're not going to let anyone from the slave state go into the free state. We're not going to let you leave the state. We're not going to let these slaves leave. We're going to bring them back. I guess in this case, that would be the opposite. Where Texas is letting, or, or, or people from Texas go to California. It's like, come come here, come here, get your sanctuary. Come to California, get your sanctuary here. Uh, I beg of you conservatives, please, please stop saying that this is a state's rights issue. It is not a state's rights issue. It is a human being issue. <laughs> state's rights. Well, let every state decide if murder is allowed. This is the issue of life. But one more on the uh, the parallels to slavery. In American slavery, at least, both of these institutions, slavery and abortion, disproportionately hurt black people. More black babies are boarded in New York City than born. Black people are about 13% of the country. 40% of abortions in this country are on black women, are black babies. 40%. In Mississippi, it's 78%. In Georgia, it's 65%. You would think that the, the Planned Parenthood was run by the Klan. You would think the KKK... Like the KKK in 19, I don't know, when did the Klan like go away or like, you know, like lose its providence? Whatever. Whatever year the Klan was like, you know what, guys, the white hoods, the robes, the whole thing, it's not working. It's just not working for us anymore. We need another, we need another way to do this. And someone was like, let's do green hoods. And they're like, no, no, it's not, it's not the color. It's just, we're not, we got to do something different. We need to kill black people in a different way. Um, Let's kill black babies. What do you mean? We're not going to get away with killing black babies. What are we going to do? Go to schools and just murder black babies? That's not going to last. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll like, uh, we'll, we'll create, 
we'll kill them in the womb. We'll create these buildings, these places, and we'll have people, we'll have black women go into them and we'll like convince them it's for their own good, it's for their own benefit, and we'll just murder the baby before it's born. And it'll be great. We'll, we'll kill millions of them that way. Nah, that'll never work. That'll, you'll never get people to go in there voluntarily and murder their own. No, no, trust me. We'll, we'll, we'll spin it around and we'll make it like a woman's issue, like, like a woman's right or something. And like, all right, I can do nothing else. We'll try it. And the Planned Parenthood has done more than the Klan could ever imagine. And it's all going exactly according to plan of the founder, Margaret Sanger, who was a eugenicist. Margaret Sanger was a eugenicist who wanted to kill off the inferior races and inferior peoples. It, it, it's unbelievable that the Black Lives Matter activists, the anti-racist activists, are pushing for the extermination of their own race, and they're proud of it. You would think the Black Lives Matter activists would be calling for black women to have more babies, right? I mean, like they're all like like black power, black pride, or it's like we'll more black. Like, but they're turning the other way around. Uh, there's a Stockholm syndrome as well. There's a Stockholm syndrome parallel between abortion and slavery. The bond between slave and slave owner. Black slaves were, were tricked into thinking that slavery was for their own good, that you couldn't do freedom on your own, you couldn't be a free person, you weren't capable. Booker, or uh, I forget if it was Frederick Douglass or Booker T. Washington, but said that the most insidious and cruel trick that the slave owner would play on their slaves was to give their slaves freedom for the week of Christmas. And you could do whatever you wanted. You could do whatever you wanted. You could go wherever you wanted for a whole week. You weren't a slave for a week. But what the slave owners would do is they would give all the slaves alcohol. And you could drink as much as you wanted. So the slaves would drink and they would get super sick. And they would realize after a week of binging, maybe they can't handle their own freedom. Maybe I am incapable of doing it on my own. Maybe freedom is bad. Maybe slavery is for my own good. And it's the same lie that we tell young women. You can't do this. You can't do this on your own. It's too hard. It's too difficult. You're incapable. Better just kill it. Same story. So what do we do about abortion? Well, policy-wise, step one, get rid of Roe v. Wade. Great. Check. Done. Thank you, Donald Trump. Now it's left to the states. And I feel like a lot of conservatives made that argument. Like, hey, let's get rid of Roe v. Wade, leave it up to the states. Okay. But I think a lot of conservatives stopped there. And they're like, oh, whew, great. Now it's up to the states. We're done. No, 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 no. That's merely a stepping stone. This, this is, that's, not a, that's not the end. Because it's not a states' rights issue. It's not a states' rights issue any more than slavery was a states' rights issue. And I, I, I implore conservatives to stop thinking of it that way. A state can't decide to legalize murder because the Constitution applies. The federal government, the, the federal government Constitution, 14th Amendment, no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. That was true with slaves. It's true with free people today. 
and it's true with babies in the womb. No person shall be deprived of life, period. You can't, like, like Minnesota can't be like, well, we, we don't think, uh, we think people should be allowed to murder each other. <laughs> you, can't, you can't, that's not, a, you can't do that. I, I, it really has to be, and we could, we could take some more submissions, but I, I think one of the greatest lies in history is that that's not a baby inside of you. That, that's got to be, that's got to be the greatest lie. What else is it? No, I decide what it is. Give me a break. Okay. So that's, let me just be very clear with my stance. Life begins at conception. There's no other place it could begin. All the medical literature says that even today, all like the medical textbooks all say um, that life begins at conception. That's no other place it could begin. Uh, I think the doctors who perform abortions should be thrown in jail. You're murdering people. Uh, I think that any policy should be made to outlaw abortion whenever possible. And more important than all of this is we need to change people's hearts on this issue. It's not a policy issue, and that's part of it, but it's mostly a heart issue. And and my, my final begging, and then we'll get to the clip, is please Google Pro-Life Pregnancy Center and then your town where you live. Pro-Life Pregnancy Center, Poughkeepsie, whatever. And one will pop up near you. And please support that Pro-Life Pregnancy Center. Give them money. Make them a part of your tithing every month. And call them and see if they need your help in person. They do. And go and support them. They are the opposite of Planned Parenthood. They are a place where women go in what they call a crisis pregnancy. And they don't know what to do and they're scared. And these pro-life pregnancy centers give them what they need in order to make good decisions. So just Google pro-life pregnancy center and then where you live and go support them. That's my stance. There's no issue I feel more passionate about than this. Cool. Good. We're on the same page. I want to do that because I don't, I don't know if we've really ever talked about abortion on the show. Have we? Since I've been here? I don't think so. So anyway, there's my stance. So Trump was asked about abortion on Meet the Press. And conservatives are not happy with his answer. Here is the eight-second clip that is being shared around by many conservatives. I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think I, that I goes think too what far? he did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. Okay, that's the eight seconds. That sounds bad. Sounds bad. And I'm not saying it's good but it's certainly not the whole story. Haven't we learned by now not to pay attention to eight-second clips? That's eight seconds of a nine-minute section about abortion, of an hour-long interview. <laughs> so I can't play the entire nine minutes, but let's play three, which is a long time in radio land. Uh, but I, that's one great thing about SiriusXM is we can sit back, we can listen to three minutes, and I think this is really important because you should hear it for yourself. We, you can't make conclusions about eight-second sound bites, and you don't like why listen to someone else's interpretation of something when you can just read. I, I, there's nothing I hate more than when I read a newspaper article about something someone said, and it never says what they said. It just it blows my mind. Or someone's accused of this, and it never gives any evidence of what they're accused of. It doesn't give any story at all. It's crazy that anyone. How could you possibly write an article? about what someone said and not include what they said. New York Times, everyone does this. It's crazy. 
Oh, Donald Trump under heat for what he said uh, on Truth Social. And it will never say what he said. Like, what are you talking about? What, what kind of article is that? All right. Anyway, so here's the here's we'll okay, three minutes of Donald Trump on this issue. We're going to have people come together on this issue. They're going to determine the time because nobody wants to see five, six, seven, eight, nine months. Nobody wants to see abortions when you have a baby in the womb. I said with Hillary Clinton when we had the debate, I made a statement, rip the baby out of the womb in the ninth month. You're allowed to do that, and you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Again, no one and, and is again, arguing listen, for that. That's look, not a part of anyone's platform, look, Mr. President. The Democrats... Okay, we'll get back to that in a second, because of course it is. ...are able to kill the baby after birth. Let me talk to you. Nobody wants that. That Democrats don't want that So either. we're going to come together... I want to know what you want. I want to know what you're going to do with your... We reality. are going to would come together. Would you sign federal legislation there, that would ban abortion at 15 weeks? No, no, let me just tell you what I do. I'm going to come together with all groups and we're going to have something that's acceptable. Right now, to my way of thinking, the Democrats are the radicals because after four and five and six months, but, but you have to say this, after birth, you have New York State and other places that pass legislation where you're allowed to kill the baby after birth. Mr. President, I want to give voters who are going to be weighing in on this election yeah. a very clear sense of where I think you stand I on think this. I think they're all going to like me. I think both sides are going to like me. Let, let me what, but what's let going to have to happen is you're going to have to... Listen, you're asking me a question. What's going to happen is you're going to come up with a number of weeks or months. You're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy because 92% of the Democrats don't want to see abortion after a certain period of time. If a federal ban landed on your desk if you were reelected would you sign it at 15 are you weeks? talking about a complete ban a ban at 15 weeks well people people are starting to think of 15 weeks that seems to be a number that people are talking about right now would you sign that uh, uh, i would i would sit down with both sides and i'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years uh, i'm not going to say i would or i wouldn't I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think that I, I goes think what he far? did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. But we'll come up with a number. But at the same time, Democrats won't be able to go out in six months, seven months, eight months and allow an abortion. And, Kristen, you have to look at this because you said no. You have some states that are allowed to kill the child after birth, and you can't allow that. But, Mr. President, again, no one is calling for a child to be killed after birth. No one's calling for that. But you have legislation. But let me just ask Kristen, you. Kristen, you have legislation in certain states where it's allowed. Mr. President. The governor of Virginia, previous governor, who was a whack governor. job, I call him the Michael Jackson governor. No one's talking that about that governor, part of their platform. I want to know what me, you That governor said you can kill the baby after birth. But Mr. President, this is about what you would do if you were reelected. As you know, you upset the We will anti- agree to a number me- of weeks which will be where both sides will be happy. We have to bring the country together on this issue. You okay with that? one 855 patriot I have lots to say, but I want to take your call. You okay with that, or do you find that uh, terrible? Is that disqualifying? Is that awful? Is Donald Trump uh, a terrible person for having that stance or that back and forth about abortion on Meet the Press? Let's go to Mark, who's in Minnesota first. Mark, how are you, sir? Good. What do you make of what uh, Trump said there? 
You know, my opinion on it, and I don't think she really gave him a chance to speak on it because she kept pushing the 15 weeks, 15 weeks, and he specifically said, I want the specifics on that 15-week plan. So, in other words, what he's saying is we need to come together with an agreement. Are there extenuating circumstances where abortion would be appropriate? And I think that's what he's getting at. Rape, incest, you know, mom, you know, going to die if she has a baby. Something of that nature. And I think that's what Republicans are failing to hit on. And everybody just assumes, well, Republicans are against abortion. No, Republicans are against abortion for people who are using it as birth control. That's what we're against. And that's what I think Trump is against. And I think that's what a lot of people are against. Yeah. So that's, that's just my opinion. No, nope, that's it, Mark. I appreciate it. Yep. That's, uh, so there's two things I said. I think I started off the segment saying we don't need to make this any more complicated than it is. Uh, that's point one, Mark. Well done. That's like very not complicated. So I'm against it entirely always. So I'm one of the extremists. Fine. Guilty. Uh, but okay. You want to take that like, and also like light, we can do this whole thing. We, I'd rather take your call, but like, like life of the mother is a big scam. Cause it's not life of the mother. It's life and health of the mother and health includes mental health, which includes, as we talked to one former abortionist, uh, one girl got an abortion because, uh, she wanted to look good in her prom dress. And that was, she, he categorized that as a mental health thing. Right. So like that's a scam too, but fine. Sure. Stepping stones. I am willing to take pragmatic steps towards the ultimate goal. And right now there are states that allow abortion at 40 weeks, California being one of the big ones, but there's states that have 40 weeks. So if Donald Trump wants to come in and be, and be president and somehow come to a deal where we can have a federal ban at 15 weeks, that would be incredible. <laughs> that would be such a massive leap towards where ultimately I would like to be. Now, now maybe Mark, maybe Mark would want to land on that. Maybe for Mark, that's the end. And that's okay. We can, that's great. Let's good. We're on, you're on the, Mark wants it 15 weeks, uh, life or whatever they say, life, uh, uh hell or, uh, what are the it's incest, rape, and health of the mother? Okay, fine. That's where Mark wants to land. And that's where we end up landing. Great. I'll land there. I'm not going to stop there. But I'll, 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 I'll go there as long as we're moving in that right direction. So I don't see any problem with what Trump said. Maybe Trump's not. Trump's a pragmatist. Right? Trump's a pragmatist. Trump's a pragmatist. Trump knows he's not going to get the Democrats to agree to a complete abortion ban. He's not going to get the Democrats to agree to a a six-week ban on abortion across the country. Now, you can argue, oh, Trump wouldn't even be successful getting uh, to negotiate a 15-week ban. Okay, that's fine. You, You can argue that he wouldn't be successful at it, but that's not what many conservatives are critical of Trump on. They're critical of Trump because he would even want a 15-week ban. And I, pro-life zealot, pro-life extremist, hear Trump say 15 weeks, I'm like, that's awesome. Great, done. Let's do it. Make it happen. Go. I pray you're successful. And then the next president will move on, and hopefully we can, right, or whatever, the next next administration, the next era, the next movement, the next whatever. We'll move on. We'll keep moving in that direction. I don't see any problem with that at all. Let's go to Danny, who's in Ohio, one 866 patriots number. Hey, Danny, good morning. 
see, conversations like that with Trump is all smokescreen. You are the first person that I've ever heard on the radio, TV, you name it, to really get in depth what abortion is all about. And all it's about is genocide of uneducated whites and the black race. Margaret Sanger is the devil. And the Republican Party suck to get to explain what it is all about. And that's what it's all about. And and I, I've said it for years and decades that one day I pray that people will come a, have a brain and say – I can't believe that we did this to ourselves. I can't believe in the last eight years more black children were murdered in the state of New York than born. Because if you tell people that, most people don't even believe that. They think, oh, you're crazy. That's, that's, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. That's bullcrap. There's no way. Or you tell them that uh, New York, when they passed that law up to nine months, you had black uh, representatives, state representatives, running to the podium. They couldn't wait to get their picture and high-five that they created this accomplishment. And the idiots accomplished killing off their race. And I've been, I'm sorry, I've been to pro-life uh, rallies, and they, and you wouldn't believe how many people don't even know who in the hell Margaret Sanger is. That's like saying you're a Christian and you don't know who the devil is. <laughs> I really appreciate what you said. I mean, God bless you, because the Republicans don't say it, and you are, I swear to God, you're the only person I've ever heard in depth explain it that way, because that's what the hell they did. And it took 40 to 50 years to convince people that they have a right, a right, to commit genocide of their race. I, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, no, God bless you, because Danny, thank you, brother. it was beautiful what you said. Thanks, Danny. Thank you for the call. Uh, and thank you for listening. Uh, Slater, why are you against abortion? Uh, I'm against killing black babies. All babies, to be clear. But <laughs> that, that's, you can have that one in your back pocket when someone ever calls you a racist. You know the left, why did we bring up lynching yesterday? How did the lynching come? Oh, oh, oh the, um, um, <clears throat> the guy, we're talking to Larry Elder, but even before we talked to Larry Elder, we talked about the criminologist at Florida State. Uh, who 20 years of data all made up. Like the whole thing was made up. All of his studies had to be retracted. And he was one of the guys who gave a lot of the intellectual foundation to the Black Lives Matter activists about how racist people are instinctually. People are white people. One of his big studies was that because of the legacy of lynching, white people instinctually view black people as criminals. And that was one of his ridiculous studies. And the whole thing was made up. Do you know how many people were, how many black people were lynched in America? First of all, all types of people were lynched. Lynching went back to the like, like, a, like, a, like Revolutionary War. Like, there's ton, like all different types of people were lynched. But how many black people were lynched in America? 4,400. That is one and a half days of abortions. That's one and a half days of abortion. One and a half days of abortion. And if you say black people are 40% of abortions, so we'll double that number. So three days. So we have 150 years of lynching and we still hear about it today. All right, we still hear Democrats say, oh, we got to like have a federal law against lynching. You're like, what? Like, 
no one's lynching anyone, whatever, fine, okay, sure. And like, oh, can you believe the legacy of lynching? And and like we like we said, like we're talking about lynching in America. Like, what are you talking about? Why is it? A, okay, sure. Yeah, four thousand four hundred black people were lynched in America. That many black babies are killed every three days. Three days. And they want to come up here and say, uh, "Black Lives Matter." go to Katie who's in Michigan. Hello Katie, good morning. Hi, good morning. Um I'm calling from Michigan. Um yeah, just just going off of what um Donald Trump had to say, you know, I mean, I personally I'm staunchly pro-life. I'm actually an expecting mother, expecting a baby girl and I know yes. that um her life began the moment of conception and um we as a society need to get back to a place where we value human life from the moment of conception to the time of natural birth, not natural death. And um, I just really appreciate what you had to say. Um, Unfortunately, Republicans do a really terrible job of not getting the messaging across on how extreme the Democrats are on abortion. Um, You know, I mean, I hate, I live in Michigan. I've got Gretch the Ratch, I call her, Gretchen Whitmer, (laughs) right? We had proposal three passed. Um, Gretchen Whitmer is okay with infanticide and there's no way like that dumb reporter that was talking to Trump, you know, saying Democrats don't want that, you know, some do. And so what he was trying to say is that, you know what, we need to come to an agreement and the crappy part about politics is that when you're dealing with blue states, um, it's it's really hard to take a no exception stance on that. Um, So even though personally we know for a fact that life begins from the moment of conception, we need to get back to a place in society where we start placing that emphasis on valuing human life. And that's going to have to be done probably incrementally, especially when you're dealing with blue states. Um, Even Ben Shapiro, the most pro-life advocate out there, he has also said the same thing. Um, And it's unfortunate. I wish we were in a place in society where we all knew that life began the moment of conception. Um, But unfortunately, right now, I I don't think we are there and people are not valuing human life enough. So we have to take an approach where we at least um, put some limitations on it versus the full term infanticide stuff that a lot of these Democrats want. So um, Um, that's uh, so that's that's that's, I know what Trump is basically saying there. uh, Wonderfully said. What number baby is this, Katie? This will be my first. I have two stepchildren. And so this will be. This will hey be number now. one for me. Congratulations. So. Wonderful, yep. Katie. Thank you so much Thank for you. listening. Yeah, and you know. Oh, sorry. What was Katie going to say next? Ugh. Katie was going to say next, Mike, you are the best radio show host I've ever heard in my life. I agree with that previous caller. <sighs> Hung up on her. Sorry, Katie. Uh, yes, I pray this country has a revival and a third great awakening. And we all snap out of it and come to our senses and everyone says, whoa, wow, uh, I can't believe we did that. Um, okay, uh, yeah, no, you can't, <laughs> can't kill babies anymore. Yeah, okay, no, no, no more. Stop with that. And all the money that we're giving on this, uh, we're going to uh... – well, yeah, let me go to Teresa. Teresa can speak to that. Hey, Teresa, how are you today? Good. 
What's your mind? Um, what's your thoughts so my about? biggest thing, you know, we, we look at like pro-life, we look at pro-choice. But we never talk about pre-choice. You know, I was just looking up like while I was in hold, like Planned Parenthood spent $50 million on midterm elections, $50 million. And we, we, we go back and forth about the debate, you know, of is it killing babies? Is it not killing babies? But we rarely go back and talk about a step of let's take that money and spend it on education on our teens, education on our young females about, you know, that self-respect. And like abortion is 100 percent preventable. You know, pregnancy is like, I mean, using methods is what, like 99.9% preventable. So what happens is as a nation, if we go back to like self-respect of, you know, abstinence and saving sex for healthy relationships, how much that would even curb the need for abortion in this country? Oh, man, that's unbelievable. Yep. Teresa, uh, difficult battle, but the, 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 the most important one. Uh, and and can be had and needs to be had. You're so right, Teresa. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we actually spent the first segment of the show talking about. Uh, I I I didn't preach. I pled. It wasn't a preachy segment. It was a pleady segment. <laughs> That's not a word. I was pleading, uh, in particular to men, but also women, uh, about sexual sin and how it will destroy you. It will destroy you and what you're working on and your family and your career and everything. It will, just, it will destroy you. And we talked about Danny Masterton, Bas- Masterson from that 70s show. 23 years ago, he had sex with a girlfriend, a girlfriend who now claims it was rape. And now he's in prison for 30 years. <laughs> okay. 30 years from something that happened in 2001. Russell Brand now is accused of uh, sexual assault and rape from 2006 when he was on a TV show called Big Brother where the whole entire premise of the show is you take these ridiculous addicts and you put them in a house together and see what happens next. And that's what he did. That's what they did. And they lifted him up and they celebrated it. And now he's they're trying to tear him down for it. And then we threw in the guy from uh, Underground Railroad uh, who is now accused of sexual assault as well. So we just used a couple examples of, of, of like, oh, like men, like, like, listen, the devil is a is a prowling lion wanting so desperately to devour you. Don't let it. Don't let him. That was the first segment of the show. Just begging men. Uh, but then there's another aspect, of course, of the sexual revolution. We did a segment recently about STDs and sex education in schools. Uh, STD is the easiest disease in the world to not get. I have a hundred percent success method of not getting an STD, hundred percent success method of not having children. And it's really one of the like the cosmically unjust things that I know so many women, families who desperately want children and they've, they've tried for years and years and years and they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on fertility to try to have a baby and they can't. But this woman over here can have eight kids with eight different dads. And you're like, how do you, how are you, how are you getting pregnant that much? Like they sneeze and they get pregnant. It's like, what in the world has happened? How it's it, cosmically unjust, it seems. But that education is part of the revival and awakening that I was referring to that needs to be, it's, it, that's, a, that's a massive cultural shift that needs to happen in our country, which is part of the um, sexual revolution as well.
by the way, one of the points of the sexual revolution too. Uh, but to go to our previous caller, uh, the 15 weeks, or, or excuse me, the uh, 40 weeks. The previous caller said, oh, like the left, we, we have to make it clear that the left wants 40 weeks. Trump kept doing that. He kept doing that back. He's like, you guys want 40 weeks. You guys want after birth. You want 40 weeks. And she's like, no one wants that. No one wants that. Well, like, of course, like California just like a couple months ago passed the 40 week law. So like, yeah, you want that. Like, what do you mean? Democrats don't want that. Democrats aren't calling for that. Well, I, I mean, like, yes, you are. Like, I, what are you talking about? Like 40 weeks is the new law in California. At least I can only speak to California. I was there when they did it. So like, what are you talking about? That's not what you want. That is exactly a hundred percent what you want. And also the previous caller mentioned, and I, and I love this and I love when people bring it up, natural death. And I, I say bring it up because that is the corollary issue of pro-life that no one is prepared. You think we've had a couple callers call in and say that Republicans do a really bad job of speaking about abortion, which is bonkers to me because it's the easiest thing ever to speak about. It's, it, there's, no, there's no easier issue. Everyone's just all scared, especially men. Oh, Men have been, they're, they're just castrated on this issue by, by shrieking women who say, you, you don't have a say in this. You don't have ovaries. You can't have an opinion. And men are like, well, okay. It's, un- it's crazy to me <laughs> that men have decided to stand down on the most important moral issue of our era. And we're like, well, okay, I can't have an opinion. You win. But n- almost no one can articulate end of life, the end of life pro-life cause. And I'm talking about physician-assisted suicide, which is also growing because of course, of course it's growing. We have a culture of death. We have a culture of death in our country. So if you're going to kill babies in the womb, you might as well kill old people too. Like why, why not? Right. So that's a whole separate, it's actually directly related, but it's a different conversation in many ways too that, no one is prepared to have proper. Okay. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh-huh. We should take a break. We're going to take a break, not because these calls aren't good, but because everyone online is very good, and I don't want to have to cut anyone off. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back. And uh, so we're talking about Donald Trump. He was on Meet the Press, and some conservatives are critical of him for uh, saying, for like narrowing in on like this 15 weeks, this 15 weeks time, as opposed to going to six weeks or something. Barton News Daily. It is important to keep up on the Joe Biden story with his son, Hunter. And leading the beat on that on Breitbart.com is Wendell Husabo. Here he is. Wendell, how are you, sir? Good morning, Mike. How are you today? And to you. Is that a fair characterization and, and representation of what really matters with all of this? And no one's been covering it more than you. So how, how would you describe this? I think it's an absolutely fair representation. It's always been about Joe Biden. No one cares about Hunter Biden. He's a loser. And the only reason why this is a national story is because Joe Biden decided to run for president while his family was making millions of dollars from from our foreign adversaries. It's very concerning. And 
I think Peter Schweitzer has made the argument, uh, he's a senior contributor at Breitbart News, that, you know, the Biden family received tons of money from our foreign adversaries. So, you know, that, that compromises Joe Biden right there. Joe Biden doesn't even have to receive the money. His family received the money instead. So Joe Biden is compromised. It's just as simple as that. that that's the argument that he makes, and I think it's a really good one. Let's uh, let's let's get some details here. Some some new things that have happened just the last few days. If uh, if you haven't been paying attention, so Hunter Biden is suing the IRS. What is this about? Well, you know, uh, Hunter, Joe Biden, the Biden family—they're all about intimidation, uh, and, and this is just another example of. The Biden's trying to intimidate other people, other whistleblowers, people who, you know, have the capacity to hold them accountable. It's just an intimidation tactic. It's not really, in my opinion, going to amount to anything. It seems like the whistleblowers, the IRS whistleblowers uh, who came out and, you know, said that Hunter Biden had been very naughty. Uh, it seems like they disclosed that information, you know, properly with the House in the Ways Committee. And so this is just another example of the Bidens trying to intimidate, you know, their political, um, the people who are giving them political hassles. And don't forget, Joe Biden was the one who, you know, was caught on mic saying, you know, nobody Fs with a Biden. I mean, just think about that. Nobody Fs with a Biden. Hunter Biden suing everybody he can think of that's giving him, you know, hassles for all of his corruption. And, um, this is just the stage that we're in. He's he's unhinged. He's very angry. He's afraid he's going to go to prison. He's facing uh, 25 years, and that's just related to gun charges. Future charges could be leveled against him concerning tax and FARA violations. So there's a lot more to play out in this story. And if I was Hunter Biden, I'd be very worried and very concerned and, um, you know, trying to trying to play some kind of defense. I'm looking up the that line, no one blanks with the Biden. So he said that when he was touring the hurricane in Florida. What's, what was the context for that? If I remember correctly, he was, you know, talking to somebody who was in Florida and, you know, it, it was just kind of some, you know, so-called locker room chat. But it doesn't matter. You know, for someone to say, hey, no, no one, you know, blanks with a Biden, no one blanks with this family or whatever. You know, what, what kind it's of talk is that? It's an ethos. This guy's yeah, the yeah. president of the United States. Why is he trying to intimidate people? Yeah. So so the IRS, this lawsuit against the IRS, and I, I get your point. Uh, but the, so you're saying the counter is so that he says that the agency whistleblowers improperly disclosed information. And the argument is, no, no, no. They followed the the whistleblower protocol just just perfectly just fine yeah you know mike you're you're an attorney you 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 might know more about um the way that tax information has to be disclosed to congress apparently there's a uh the, you know the house and ways committee is the committee that handles these whistleblower complaints but they have to approve uh that the committee has to approve to release this information and you know i think there's some uh, legal ramifications that go along with all of this. And so the lawyers for these IRS whistleblowers went through these hoops. They say they went through all of the hoops properly. And so 
the Ways and Meat House Ways and Means Committee has disclosed this and it's become public. They've had, you know, public hearings with these IRS whistleblowers. And so Hunter Biden is just very upset that the whole world knows that uh, the IRS whistleblowers say that he didn't pay one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars on uh, income taxes from Burisma Holdings, the the Ukrainian energy company. So, you know, the whole world knows that he didn't pay one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. That would, you know, seemingly make me pretty upset if I had done something so totally wrong like Hunter Biden. And so he's just lashing out. It's just another intimidation tactic. He doesn't want any more whistleblowers. There has to be many more whistleblowers out there waiting in the wings for for the Bidens to, you know, get loosened up here, get get knocked around. And, you know, the the more bad information that comes out against the Biden, the more Biden, the the more uh, whistleblowers are going to be encouraged to come out against Mm -hmm. them because they're they're in a weakened position. Gosh, just think about how difficult it would be to be one of these whistleblowers. I almost feel like we need another term than whistleblower. You know what I mean? I don't know. If, you know, I don't like. I don't love that word, but that's just the word we got. Uh, but a whistleblower, man, you're just you're just gonna get, you're just gonna get destroyed. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get lawsuits out at you. You're gonna be completely thrown under the bus. Uh, we've talked to some FBI whistleblowers who just like absurdly, like almost like laughably, if it wasn't so horrific, vindictive things done against them. But there was the one FBI whistleblower who was in the middle of being transferred and they like held his stuff. They wouldn't give him his stuff back. <laughs> so, like they kept it in storage and they like wouldn't give it to him. Or it's like, there's like bizarre things. It's like, man, who wants to be put up with lawsuits because you're exposing some, some corruption, right? Yeah. You know, this is just another facet of the intimidation. Uh, James Comer, many of the top Republicans say that, the Biden administration is intimidating, uh, you know, witnesses and whistleblowers. And, you know, that that's just that's just disgusting. If you ask me, it's not fair. If you, you know, on a level playing field, people should be able to come forward. Hey, this guy did something wrong. This guy didn't do something wrong. Let's have a debate about it. Let's see the evidence and let's get it out. They're trying to suppress the evidence, the Biden administration. And you know what? When someone tries to suppress evidence, suppress allegations, it just looks shady. It makes you look guilty. And so that is why I believe, you know, 50 percent of independent voters believe that, you know, Joe Biden should be impeached. Think about that. 50 percent of independent voters. These are not Republican voters, Democrat voters. These are independent voters. These voters have a large sway in our elections. 50 percent of them think that Joe Biden should be impeached. And the inquiry, the impeachment inquiry, was just launched last week. So one weekend, we've, you know, the Republicans already have support from 50 percent of independent voters. I I found that uh, I found that surprising, frankly, but also it just shows how the Republicans have done a great job, uh, you know, getting all this information out there to the public. And, you know, people aren't dumb. They're they're smart. They can figure things out. It's a CBS News poll that you recently wrote about there. 
Uh, let me give you one more Hunter thing. Uh, so Hunter's also suing Marco Polo. So this is a good example of, like, listen, I'm trying to keep up with the story, Wendell. <laughs> like, I'm like, I feel like I'm pretty on it. But then you come out with, like, another story of, like, Marco, I don't what's with, with Marco Polo. What does this have to do with anything? So what is that? Marco Polo is a website which has indexed or cataloged Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. So you can go to, um, I'm not, sure what the url is but uh, marco polo you can google marco polo you know hunter biden's laptop and and the link will come up you click on it you can search on this site different terms um you know you can find different emails it's a it's a totally public database of of hunter biden's abandoned laptop and so what hunter biden did last week was sue uh, Marco Polo's founder for publishing 128,000 emails. Uh, you know, these emails from Marco Polo have been, you know, published on many, many sites, including Breitbart News. And they've re- it, the site has really contributed to unearthing the influence peddling and what I would say corruption. Uh, within the Biden family, it's been very instrumental. In fact, I I go and look at it frequently because this is such a complicated story. I got to keep it straight in my mind. And what better way to 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 figure it out than actually go read the laptop? Is anything they did illegal? This group by putting these online. Well, that's probably a better better question for you. Again, you're a lawyer. I'm not. So a yeah, lawyer. So I I, do, I was going to correct um, you. Sorry, I, I was going to correct you. Uh, I took one class in a law school building that wasn't a okay. law related class. <laughs> not a lawyer, but I appreciate whoever told <laughs> you that I was. Uh, and if I ever came across like that, then that's good. Uh, but yeah, no, I am as ignorant as um, as uh, any Joe on that question. So we're in this together. So then, that's all I can <laughs> tell you is that. Um, my, my understanding is the the laptop uh, repairman who Hunter Biden left his laptop with, uh, he gave a receipt to Hunter Biden. And on that receipt, you know, gives, you know, the information of, uh, you know, you left your laptop here or whatever. And it also says, you know, if you leave it here over a certain amount of time, then, you know, it's my laptop. And so this is what happened, my, my understanding. And so, uh, the the laptop repairman kept the laptop because Hunter Biden never came for it. It was abandoned. And you, so according to his receipt, yeah, I, do you I ever think, reflect, uh, do, do you ever sit back and reflect on that? <laughs> like this, this whole thing is a thing and known because the crackhead forgot that he left his laptop at the repair shop. Because think of all the things that could have happened differently. First of all, he could have not dropped it off at a repair shop. Or the repair shop owner, who, by the way, is blind, could have said, could just throw it in the trash, right? But decided not to. All of it. All of it. I mean, and the thing is, is that he was getting it repaired for water damage. So what was he doing? Was he like sitting in the tub with it and dropped (laughs) it in the tub and was like, "Uh uh-oh, I got to go. You know, like, what is he doing to, like, destroy his laptop? And then not, yeah, just a total mess. He's a total mess of a human. And so you can see why he would want to intimidate other people from coming forward. So he's launching all of these, all of these lawsuits. And, you know, he has, 
he has some great lawyers working for him. They're, you know, they're smart people. And, but, you know, Hunter has put himself into quite a spot. So, you know, this story is going to keep playing out. And I, I think it's really going to balloon when Comer uh, decides to subpoena, you know, Hunter Biden, uh, get him in front of, you know, Congress, subpoena more, you know, of his business associates, go after Joe Biden's bank records, go after Joe Biden's cell phone, go after Joe Biden's emails. There's a lot more to come down this story. This is all just preface. This is just the first chapter. So last question. Look at the timing of things. So it's almost we're almost done with September, which is crazy. Uh, so we got October, November, December, rest of the year. And then the election is, you know, another nine months or whatever, 10 months. So things move slow, like so frustratingly slow in D.C. Um, is it like what, what could come out in enough time that would, you know what I mean? Like what, what is the timing on all this that would be meaningful at all? Well, I, I think I'm kind of expecting this inquiry to last a while. You know, Nancy Pelosi, she launched impeachment uh, against President Trump. Uh, this inquiry is going to be done in a more proper way. The inquiry is meant to, you know, gather additional evidence based upon the allegations that have been made against the Biden family. So what we could see is we could see a Senate trial in October of next year, uh, just one month before the, the presidential election. So this inquiry is going to go a while. There's going to be a lot of subpoenas. There's going to be more evidence gathering. There's going to be just a lot more information to come out. And then, you know, I expect there to be a, a trial potentially, uh, if there is a trial, next year, right before the election, if Republicans are smart and they time it properly. Because guess what? During a Senate trial, the senators have to remain in Washington and sit and listen to the evidence. They cannot go out and campaign. Uh, so that's a huge weapon. That's a huge weapon, especially because the Senate map this year or this election cycle benefits Republicans. <laughs> what, what a uh, what a conniving little trick that would be. I uh, and I dig it. Finally, uh, maybe Republicans can use a little bit of that. Uh, Wendell's going to keep us up to date throughout the entire process. Wendell, appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Have a good day. You as well, brother. Uh, great stuff. Breitbart.com for all that. Let's go to Paul who's in Illinois, who would like to uh, amend something I said earlier. Paul, how are you, sir? Hey, Paul, you there? Hi. Hey, yeah, Paul. Yeah. I wanted to say, um, you, you said something earlier, um, and I know in the big scheme this doesn't matter as much, but um, you said you don't care about Hunter Biden. Well, you know what? There's millions of us gun uh, lawful gun owners that do care about Hunter Biden. We care about how the lefties are constantly screaming about gun laws and gun laws and universal background checks and, and Hunter Biden lies on the, his 4473. That's a federal crime, just like the bump stock issue, or not bump stock, but the pistol brace issue is a, is a quote now federal crime. Millions of us lawful gun owners were made illegal, were made felons overnight because of a decree from the BATF, and we expect Hunter Biden, who clearly broke the law, to be punished for it, just like anybody else that did the exact same thing is punished for it. Great point. Great point. Worthy to be made. Paul, appreciate it. And well said. Thank you. 
Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, and I think Paul knows what I'm saying. Like, like, I don't care about Hunter Biden in the scheme of this this particular story. But yes, that is uh, wrong, punishable, etc. And may get some, may get quite a bit of time for that. It looks like perhaps in their effort to try to make it all look. Oh no, we're taking this all very seriously. We're going to give him, uh, you know, three months in prison. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, okay, super great. Now moving on to the real issue, Joe. <laughs> they think if they if they hit Hunter with something. That, that will be satisfied. Oh, good. They got him. Nope. Uh, well, great. Good. Got him. Super. Now to the real issue. I'm American made. I got American parts. I got American. Thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily. Something weird is happening in the media. All these articles about the importance of of two parent families as if it's some new idea <laughs> that like like they just thought of in like some progressive think tank. They're like, yeah, we know. We've been talking about it for a long time over here. Conservatives have been. But welcome to the party. Glad you're here. So we'll hear the left's newest arguments about the two parent family. Weird. Talk about that tomorrow. Spread the word.